My name is Kate the Socialite, and you're listening to episode 102 of The Kate Show. Okay, I have to say something. Writing for fun takes hours. You know, if if you actually do write for fun, like I tend to do. But writing for business takes like 500 years and a river of wine and a lot of staring at a blank screen, pondering the meaning of life, and thinking about a boatload of household chores you or I would rather be doing. Okay, I'm kidding, sort of. So I can guarantee many of you are ready to agree with me, because if you listened to my previous episode on how to write your website verbiage, you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that your website copy is some of the most important business writing you'll ever do. And that responsibility can weigh heavily on you guys. And I get that. Not everyone is a natural-born writer. Not everyone feels comfortable talking about their ideal client. And I just want you guys to know that you need to take a deep breath, chill. I'm here to make writing your website copy simple and effective. Now, in part one, I spent most of my time explaining what not to do and also describing in detail what your website homepage should have. But today I'm talking about the other pages of your website, your about and services and process and contact pages, along with a few extras. So if you're getting a new website soon or you think you might need to at least update your verbiage, you're going to get way too much information out of this episode. Let's get started. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. Before we dive right in, I want to make a few things clear. Your website verbiage should be focused more on your ideal client than on your business. When you do talk about yourself or your business on your website or in any part of your marketing, you should do it in a way that creates connection, makes you relatable, and proves to your ideal client that you, number one, understand the predicament, and number two, have real solutions for their problems. I want to state this, even though I did talk about it briefly in the last episode, because I know there's going to be pushback to this. Some of you might think talking more about your ideal client than about your business is a weird or bad marketing move on your website. But I want you guys to keep something in mind. This is what I do every single day for you guys. I'm sure I share things about myself sometimes, but that's not why you listen to the podcast. You're here for marketing that works because you're tired of marketing that doesn't work, whether it's due to your own overwhelm or overcommitment. What are you guys promising your clients via your website? It's natural to think that your business website should only be about your business. But I'm willing to venture that you have delivered and continue to deliver so much more than your clients will ever know because you've never actually expressed it in writing. Let's change that, shall we? Let's start with your about page since we already covered the home page in the last episode. Now, some of you might remember that I did talk about what to say on your about page back in episode 26 of The Kate Show. That was a long time ago. So if you've already heard that episode, consider this your recap. And if you haven't listened to it yet, I highly recommend it but you're still going to get a lot out of this one. In short, your about page should include a mission statement or company history. It does not have to be long. And it's good to include that if you're not the original owner of your business. But if you are just a one-person show or if you're the founder of the business, you don't necessarily need to include all of that. Your bio, however, should always be included. Your bio should have statements in it that indicate the type of client you would most love to serve. 
and it should list the various experiences or qualities you possess that make you the ideal professional to solve their problem. Now, the goal of your bio is to be relatable and real and welcoming, so you need to avoid speaking in third person or stating you, that you are the only whoever, whoever, who does this or that in your area of industry. And I did talk about that more in depth in my previous episode, so if you haven't listened to the first one, this may not make sense, so I encourage you to listen to these episodes in order. If you are a member of an association or if you've won awards for your work, you can feel free to mention them toward the end of your bio on your homepage, but don't make them the main show. Potential clients care more about whether they can connect with you on a personal level rather than how many letters you have after your name. And I know it can be so hard because if you have gained a certain level of credibility within your industry, it might only make sense and hold value to other people in your industry. And the average homeowner or whomever you're serving, they're not going to care. They don't know what that means. So unless people do understand and it is commonly known what those letters after your name mean or those awards, you don't need to harp on it too much. You can just list it at the end of your bio. But now let's move on to your services page. While it might be overly obvious, I'm going to say it anyway. Your services page should contain a a really good description of each service that you offer. Each service should include a corresponding image and the description should follow the same format for each service package. It should also be about the same length. Don't make your website visitors click to yet another page to read more about each service. The problem is, the more you make people click on a website, the less likely they are to continue, and then they'll just leave, and that's no good. So keep it in mind. Now, if you do have a particular service offering that would be considered your main offering, and it's so elaborate that it actually does require its own page, it should also have its own little button or section in the main navigation or the main menu of your website. But as far as your service page is concerned, and you have multiple services on there, keep these things in mind. If you allow clients to book or pay for service packages through your website, each service description should obviously contain a purchase now button. I know a lot of you, you will use like MyDoma or Design Files or Ivy for this feature. And if that's you, just make sure your packages are connected to your service page on your website. Don't just keep them with MyDoma or with Design Files. You actually need to connect them to your website. And it's really easy to do. You're basically just going to copy and paste a link. Now, if you don't accept online payments or sell online packages, at least consider the value of adding a paid consult feature or a complimentary discovery call booking feature. And I recommend using Calendly or Acuity Scheduling for this. These services are free at a certain level, and then it can be like, I don't know, it's $12, $15 a month. It's so affordable. It's so worth it because if you want someone to book a consult with you and already pay for it instantly, it helps, guys. You don't have to send emails back and forth trying to nail down when this consult's going to happen or where, and then you don't have to send them an invoice and follow up with them when it's done. Life goes on. Does marketing your interior design, home staging, or workroom business give you anxiety? Guys, I get it. I used to hate marketing. That is, until I found a way to make it easy and simple. Now I share my secrets with all my members over at socialitevault.com. As a member, you get access to social media posts, captions, hashtag sets, email newsletters, client welcome packets, branded magazines, and more, ensuring that you'll have a complete sales funnel for attracting new clients even when you're asleep or just too busy to even think about your marketing. 
turn those hours you spend worrying about your marketing into hours spent working on new client projects. Your business deserves high quality marketing and you deserve to get your time back. There is no contract required for this service, so head over to socialitevault.com to get started. Now let's move on to your process page. This is also called the How It Works or How We Works page, or it could also be called Design Process. It's vital to ensuring that your future or your current clients know what to expect when working with you. Setting expectations is a huge part of creating satisfied clients and running an effective business. And that echoes back to episode 96, where client experience expert Ashley Ohl gave some awesome insight and tips into how to craft the ideal client experience and why that matters. So if you want more insight on that, head over to episode 96. But I digress. Make sure that your process page outlines and describes each step of your typical designer staging process or your workroom process. Include a few sentences to elaborate on each step, but also remember, don't go completely overboard because not everyone is going to want to sit there and read all of it. Make sure that you're pulling out the main points. When are invoices due? When are design plans finalized? At what point is the homeowner able to step back and just wait for you to get the work done? And at what points do they actually need to be involved? It's all about setting the right expectations and showing that you do have a clear, well-done process. It makes you look professional because, hey, you are. Once you have that nailed down, we have to talk about what you should say on your contact page. Believe it or not, it's not as simple as saying, contact me, here's my info. Now, the contact page of your website should be highlighted in your main navigation as a button, making it really easy to find. The contact page itself should include any contact info you want your leads to use, such as your email or your phone number. But on that note, I have to add one more thing. Make sure your email address matches your website, such as kate at katethesocialite.com. Well, you guys know my website is katethesocialite.com. It matches. Relying on Gmail, Yahoo, Outlook, or some other third-party email provider is really unprofessional. Getting an email address that matches your website is not expensive, and it can go a long way in helping you appear polished. Also makes your emails less likely to end up in spam folders. Super important when that comes to email marketing. But back to the contact page. Your contact page should include a form that people need to fill out, especially if you don't make your personal email or phone number public. And that form should ask a few specific questions around the different facets of a potential new project. You're going to need to ask for their name, email, phone, project location, the services they need. You could even provide a checkbox of your existing services or service packages so they can just pick what they want from your menu. You should also have a place for them to list their preferred start date or timeline or deadline and a brief description of the project. Now, if you need additional information to determine whether that lead would be a good fit for your business or to filter out bad leads, be sure to ask those relevant questions as well. All right, you thought we were done, but we're not done. We need to talk about what to say on your blog page. If your website has a blog, or you wish it did, you need to remember these four things. Number one, you're going to need to publish a new blog post at least monthly. Number two, you will need to name each blog post with an SEO-friendly title. Number three, you will need to pin your blog post on Pinterest and share them on social media in order to gain traction and get noticed. 
Number four, you will need to write about subjects that are relevant to your target client, which again, like I said in the first episode, it means you have to drill down on exactly who your ideal client is and get to know the way they speak so that when you're writing your marketing verbiage, whether it's in a blog post or on your website, you know how to talk, you know what subjects resonate with people and the way they think about them. Now, if you aren't sure what to say in a blog post, or you're just overwhelmed and you can't fathom having time to write, much less think of topics, you know, we all have been there, I do want to add that my team is here to help. We offer blog post templates for interior design, home staging, and custom workroom businesses, and each template is totally customizable, and it lets you use your own images. But if you don't have your own images, you can use the stock photos that we provide. They're totally safe to use, guys. I want to throw that out there because I know a lot of you stress out because you feel like you need to be blogging, which you do, but you don't have time, which is also true. So this is something that can help meet you in the middle and reduce your marketing stress and do wonders for the verbiage on your website. Now, I do have to say that everything on your site, whether it's in a page or in a blog post, it does contribute to your search engine optimization or your SEO. It can make it easier or harder for Google to help people find you, even if people are searching in your local area. So SEO and a nice website and all the things, that doesn't apply to you if you only have an online business, like if you only do virtual interior design. Nope, it applies to you if you have a brick and mortar studio, a storefront, a traditional custom soft furnishing workroom where you only work with people in your specific city or state or other geographic area. SEO and website presence absolutely matter, especially in 2020. Now, if you're concerned about your website SEO or the way it works or the way it looks, keep in mind that you can get answers. You can get a website audit report, actually, from me personally, when you sign up for Socialite Vault membership. And while the membership offers a lot of other marketing benefits, our members most heavily use the website audits, the blog post templates, and the email newsletter templates to maximize their marketing in one fell swoop. And it's interesting because all those things have to do with words. And words are hard. Words are overwhelming. Words take time to write. To string the appropriate words together in a way that helps your business is no small task. So if you struggle with it, I want you to know that there is help and there is support, and it should be a top priority for your marketing in 2020. That's all I have for today, guys. I hope this was helpful and keep in mind that you can always go back to the show notes and take a look at everything that I've been blabbering on about if you prefer to simply read instead of listen. Until next time, keep your marketing simple and your message clear. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.